Cindy Lynn, and welcome to the Own Your Health podcast. I can't wait to help you step into your health power. So happy new year. If you're listening to this, um, when it airs, it will be January 3rd. And you may already be frustrated with the idea of New Year's resolutions, but love them or hate them. And there's people in both camps. New Year's resolutions are something that tend to come to mind, something we feel like we should do, or we felt like we should do in the past, and now we just rebel and don't want anything to do with them. And I hear people in both camps. And I hear people say, well, I don't make resolutions, I just set intentions. I, so whatever words you use around them, I invite you to just step into them for a little while, for a few hours or a few days. Now, what usually goes wrong with New Year's resolutions is that people set huge goals and are all in, but they don't necessarily figure out how they're going to accomplish them or they don't figure out how they're gonna fit them into their lives. Because if, if I look, for example, at the list of things that I'd like to do, it would be great and I could work on those if I didn't have to sleep or shower or cook or eat or have other obligations, right? We can let something become all encompassing. And I think in the spirit of, of really trying in the spirit of confidence, we, we set our goals high. And then sometimes we set ourselves up for failure and then frustration and then forget it. I just don't do New Year's resolutions. But love them or hate them, they're here this time of year. So if you have a system that you love, great. Go with it. I would love to hear about it. If you're looking for a little bit of help to set those correct for you intentions or resolutions or plans for the new year, then stick around because I have some tips for you. And this is really, I'll give some very specific examples, but the process or the way that I think about this really applies to most anything. So setting New Year's resolutions, setting any resolutions or setting any goals is a relatively straightforward process. If you consider that there's really only two kinds of goals that you have, and that is an outcome goal or a process goal. And the process goal can sometimes be thought of as a habit goal. So an outcome goal, for example, would be I, I will lose 15 pounds by June 1st. Okay, so that is an outcome that you want to have happen at the end of a period of time. These kind of New Year's resolutions tend to get a little frustrating because we don't have a real direct handle on our weight. Many times we have to figure out what's going to work best, what kind of meal plans, what kind of food, what kind of eating patterns, what kind of sleep, what kind of stress management we need to have to lose weight. And when they're put together, these two types, these process um, types of goals or resolutions and the outcome goals, resolutions, they're, they're very powerful. 
And it's this two-pronged approach that I use for setting just about any kind of goal or New Year's resolutions. So to go back to our example of weight loss, uh, um, which is an outcome goal again, some good process goals might be, um, I will be in bed each night by 10 p.m., okay? And notice I didn't say I will sleep eight hours a night because that, again, is not something that we always have direct control over. Sometimes there's storms. Sometimes we can't sleep. Sometimes we have to get up very early. So, you, we, we, and the, the thing that I always laugh at is that you can't possibly get eight hours of sleep or seven hours of sleep per night if you aren't even in the bed for seven hours. What we do have control over is when we get ourselves in the bed, okay? And in order to do that, we might have some other processes that have to happen before that. When we shut off the TV, when we finish cleaning up and turning the kitchen and turning on the dishwasher, all of those kind of things have to happen for a lot of us in the household before we can actually get in the bed. But a very concrete marker, a concrete process that we can actually measure is that I will be in the bed by 10 o'clock. Now, we know that good sleep contributes to weight management. The studies usually show how lack of sleep or poor quality sleep lead to weight gain, um, but the inverse is also true, and there are studies about that. That's, for some reason, that's a little harder to convince people of. You need to lose weight, go to bed, sleep, right? Eight hours, start with that. Some people truly need less, Nobody actually just needs five hours a night, right? It's going to take its toll. Some people are seven and a half. Some people eat eight, need eight and a half or nine. And if this is the start of your owning your health and the start of your journey, if you're using 2024 to jump in and say, okay, I am going to work on owning my health this year. I've been listening to this podcast and there's a lot of good ideas um, and I have some questions, which by the way, you can send to Cindy at cindylynn.com. Uh, but I think this is the year that I really want to start taking some ownership over my health. Then you know what the number one recommendation I would make? Sleep. Start getting high quality sleep. So anyways, back to our, our very, very common, the resolution that I hear the most is I want to lose weight. I'm going to lose weight. Then set a, a progress goal or a habit goal regarding sleep. So bedtime is, is a, a very strong one, very easy one to measure. Another one in that camp is turning off electronics at such and such a time. Um, one of the practices that I do that I've talked about before is I make it a habit to look around the house and do all those last minute things that you have to do. Oh, I got to put this by my purse for the morning. I've got to load the dishwasher, finish loading the dishwasher and run it. Or if the dishwasher has been running, unload it, whatever the case may be. All those tasks that come up when you say, oh, I'm going to start heading to bed. If I have to be, if I know that I have to be in bed by 10, I start earlier checking all of those things out, 
And then once I go upstairs, our bedroom is upstairs. Once I go upstairs, then I don't come back down. And that means taking my glass of water with me that I need if I feel dry in the middle of the night. Any of those kinds of things. That's my commitment. It's like, okay, I'm going up now. So another process or habit goal that you may want to implement regarding this ultimate um, input or output outcome goal that you want, that's the word I'm looking for, is that you may want to plan when you're going to eat. So eating windows are a huge um, huge topic of discussion right now. And I think there's, um, I find it very funny that intermittent fasting gets this, it's this huge controversial subject. When in fact, you have intermittently fasted for your entire life. Think about that. So unless you're hooked up to tube feeding continuously, when you go bed, to bed at night, you're fasting. So for that five, six, seven, eight hours, you're not eating. And then the other times during the day you do eat. That's what intermittent fasting is. Now, you can play with those amounts of time when you eat and when you don't eat. And there's all kinds of research on that, advocating a whole bunch of different things. People have to figure out what works best for them. But what I can tell you for sure is that if you eat right before going to bed, your blood sugar will rise, your insulin will respond, and you won't get high quality sleep that produces human growth hormone. And that's ultimately, that's one of the, the big things that we want out of our sleep. You won't get the sleep that's healing in fashion because our body can't move to cleaning and healing if it's digesting and processing. And I could do a whole podcast on that if that's something that's interesting to people. But I just wanna say for this episode and for this topic that one of your process or habit goals may be to finish eating by 8 p.m. at night or to finish eating by 7 p.m. And that's a very good thing to, to be able to measure, to be able to um, have control over. Because again, when we look at weight loss, we don't always have direct control over that. In fact, we have, there's so many levers that actually contribute to what you weigh that it's very difficult to say, okay, I'm going to lose 15 pounds by this date and to not just lose muscle and water. Because I'm guessing if weight loss is on your list for New Year's resolutions, it's that you want to lose excess body fat. And in order to do that, you need to be healthy. You need to take ownership of your health or you end up doing more damage to your health. So process goals, which are habit goals and outcome goals. Now let's look at this for exercise. And I'm taking exercise separate from weight loss. Yes, it has a, a part to play. But although there's a million good reasons to exercise, and I've said this before, weight loss isn't one of them. Okay. 
weight loss contributes just, or, or um, excuse me, exercise contributes just a tiny percentage, 10, 15, I, I don't think I've seen any research that says more than 20% of the factors that, in, that um, impact your weight loss are related to exercise. The vast majority is food. A huge part of it is sleep. Um, hydration is a big part of it. Exercise is not. Now, exercise is really valuable. But I separate that out in terms of uh, a New Year's resolution or a health-related goal because exercise in and of itself isn't really helpful, setting, setting a goal to just, I'm going to exercise. Now, it's not helpful for a number of reasons. It's not, um, some people are used to SMART goals. It's not that. It's not a particular outcome goal. And even saying I'm going to exercise more in the new year isn't a, a habit goal. So what is your reason for wanting to exercise? Okay. And I ask this because in order for us to stay motivated, in order for us to continue to make decisions that support our resolutions or our goals, we need to have a reason, and it has to be a pretty selfish reason um, that we want to exercise. So if I ask my clients, and I always do, when they come for Pilates, when they come for yoga, whatever they come for, what is, what's the reason? Why do you want to exercise? Why do you want to do yoga? Why do you want to do Pilates? Why do you want to run? And that takes some time to sort out. Are you exercising because you're training for a particular sporting event? That's one way of approaching exercise with an, a specific outcome. So in that case, the outcome would be, I want to run a 5K by June 1st. So your exercise will be training for that particular event. Many of the clients I get are exercising for their health. I just want to be healthy. Okay. So... How do you go about that? How do you choose the habits, the processes that you're going to do on a regular basis in order to have that outcome of health? And what does health mean for you? Now, this again is, is potentially a topic for many more uh, podcasts because health means something different uh, to, to everyone, to all of my clients to all of the women who are in the Heal Your Life community. Many of them came because of illness and they've stayed and they've invited their friends because of health. And the, the community, it's a year long program. It's a, at your own pace, but it gives you an opportunity month to month to look at one particular aspect of your mental and, and physical health and work on that and decide what you want that to look like. So I welcome you to check that out. I'll put a link in the comments below in the show notes. Um, if you want some more information on that, by all means, email me or give me a call. I'll be happy to talk with you about that. But that's one of the examples where getting healthy or getting fit is an outcome goal. And then our process or our habit goals will feed into that. But again, before we know what kind of habits we want to build, whether it's for weight loss, whether it's for exercise, whether it's for 
um, work habits. You know, I I have women who have come to me um, and set New Year's resolutions to find more work-life balance. Okay, that's an outcome goal. We can't necessarily plug in a scale and say, all right, starting this week, we're going to have work-life balance. First, you have to figure out what that looks like to you, what that means to you, and then the process goals, the habit goals come into play. What habits, what time are we going to leave the office every day? If that's not an option, what time are we going to start work every day? Are we going to stop taking calls on Sundays or Saturdays? Any one of those kinds of things are concrete process or habit goals that you can implement to help reach your, your, your bigger goal or your resolution. So I hope this gives you some food for thought. I hope it encourages you to relook at the process. Um, maybe give this two-pronged approach a try. So process or habit goals to feed your outcome goals. And maybe you'll learn to love or at least like New Year's resolutions and goal setting a little bit more. Now, if you have any questions at all, you can email me, cindy at cindylynn.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. And absolutely check out the Heal Your Life community. Because if the one reason you're not setting New Year's resolutions is because it all just seems so overwhelming, you're in the right place. Check out the Heal Your Life community. And until next week, have a happy new year. The information contained in this podcast is provided for educational purposes only. It is not intended as medical advice. I am a nurse, but I'm not your nurse. Please see your personal health care provider for any concerns.